So these three changes of like moving in, having a baby, and also taking care of uh, an animal, a dog, those are three significant life changes. And that all happened at once for us. Welcome to Finding Mr. Height, the podcast. I'm Allie, back with my co-host, Erica. How is it going? Not bad. I am a dog mom for week two, and I uh, was not really a dog person before this podcast, and the dog threw up today, so I think maybe I'm still not, but uh, you know. <sighs> uh, she was growing on you. I was so excited for your, dog, for your dog love. She has. I do love this dog. This, If you were like, I'll get a dog and it'll be exactly like this one. I would get you would one. do it. So I'll say that. You've been posting her to, to your story and everything. Uh, she is very cute. She's very cuddly. Very cute. Very perfect for a rainy day. You know? I yeah. love it. Yes. Today was I do gross. love the dog. All right, everybody. I love the dog. It's not that I didn't love dogs before. <laughs> I just, I'm a little picky about my dogs. All right. I'm a little picky about them. This one I like. This one Understandable. I like. Understandable. I'm also picky about dogs. I, I like more of them than I don't like, I would say. But I understand. Yeah. You know? I just, I don't want all of your dogs licking me. You know what I mean? And that doesn't make me a bad person. All right. No, it doesn't make no, me a bad person. Not. I don't want the hair. I don't want to get licked. It's all right. It's allowed. Anyway. So I've talked a little bit on the pod about how I've been trying to extend my damp January into, into future months. And I have really been enjoying recess mocktails as a way to have what feels like a fancy drink at home, but without the alcohol. Yeah. And also it's nice to have something in your fridge that just has a little bit of flavor. Totally. And they're, they're delicious. They're made with real fruit, sweetened with agave, and again, 0% alcohol. So just a nice, nice little flavorful drink that is a little, little play on our favorites here. They got a bunch of great flavors. My personal favorite is the recess watermelon mojito. I actually like to garnish it like it's a actual cocktail. Like I put it in a coupe glass, feel it all fancy, garnish it with a little sprig of mint. It is delicious. And my favorite is the recess ginger lime mule. I'm a ginger gal. And what I love also, not too sweet. Perfect amount of just a little little sweet treat. They're absolutely delicious. And you can get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash FMH. So you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Hot start to the pod. Hello. Hi, hello. <laughs> Everyone well, has turned it Mr. off right. already. We hate my dogs. <laughs> I listen. I do my best. I don't hate. Um, okay, so your dog sitting week two. What else is going on? How are how are the New York apps treating you? Okay, I have an update on uh, eating system man. That's what I'm just calling him in my head. Yep. So, chatting, trying to make plans. He apparently was out of town for a week. Mm-hmm. And then reveals to me that he does not live in New York. He lives in Atlanta. unacceptable, unacceptable, frustrating. And then I even followed up with like, "So when are you back? Let's try to see if we still could maybe meet sometime." He said he's here frequently. You know, I don't know all the details. Right. Uh, and then essentially, I got a reply that was like, "Oh, just last night." So, you know, right. what can you do? It's not that I'm not trying, everybody, all right? I am trying. But I have had an interesting in-person encounter, actually. Oh. So uh, I've been doing a lot of shows. And if you ever have been to the Comedy Cellar of Village Underground, they always have a piano player and a drummer. Mm -hmm. 
and it's a handful of different musicians. They rotate in and out. They often work a lot of like the jazz clubs nearby and they're their own community of people. Everybody knows everybody. Yeah. So one of the piano players, players is typically there probably, I think five nights of the week. So I know him pretty well. So I did shows and then all of a sudden I'm at the cellar another night and the piano player was at the bar and he's talking to me and he said, Oh, did you meet the new drummer? And I said, no, no, I haven't. Oh. Um, what's his name? And he tells me his name and he was like, yeah, he goes after your set the other night, he immediately was like, yo, who's that? <gasps> he was like, she's so funny. He's like, who is that? Do you know her? Like, what's her deal? Is she single? She was doing jokes about dating, but is she single? So I was like, oh, very I, flattering. I'm obsessed with this out of the gate. Okay. Yeah. I was like, well, this feels, this feels very sex in the city of me. Hello. <laughs> drummer or whatever. I love this. Um, He's the drummer, obviously. Yeah. I, I guess we got to call him the drummer. Um, and then, uh, so I kind of get a heads up from the piano man. Uh, and I just say, you know. <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i feel like i could use his name i just don't know if he wants me to so i'll call him yeah. the piano man very fair. uh and i was just like oh i was like oh that's so flattering or whatever so he just kind of was like yeah so you know just so you know at this and point I think he was getting a read on me do you know at this point what this man looks like though or like anything about him at all no like he was he's pretty new so it was one of his first nights working there okay and then um i was like oh i'll see when i have like another show at the underground maybe he'll be there yeah, And it kind of slipped my mind because it was said to me in passing. And, and you're also like, you know, I don't know if this person's going to make a move of any kind. Right? Right. So I just had, um, last night, I had a couple shows. One of them was the Underground. And I was in the back watching uh, one of my friends. And all of a sudden, somebody like approaches the table. And they're like, hey. And they introduce themselves. They're like, I'm the new drummer. Uh, I really love your set. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. And I said, America, blah, blah. Yeah. And of course, it's like loud. You have to like whisper because there's a show still going on. And it's also in between comedians. So it's not much time. Like they right. play in between each comedian for, you know, whatever intro music. Oh, like he has to go back to, to drum. Yeah. The show's still happening. Oh, yeah. Okay. I kind of forgot um, that he was like part of it. Yeah. And so we just had like very brief conversation, whatever. I was like, oh, how do you like working here? Blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden he says, what do you have going on Wednesday? And I was like, I, I actually was thinking about going to a concert, but I'm not sure. And I said, why, what's up? And he said, oh, I'm playing this place like around the corner. You should come. I'm doing like a live oh. show. And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. And I didn't know the name of the place. He's like, have you ever been? I'm like, no, I haven't. And it was hard to hear. So I, I opened the notes app in my phone. Uh -huh. And I just made a new note and I was like, oh, just write, write down like the name of the place and the show. And I said, I'll see if I can come. And he was like, yeah. So he takes it, hands it back to me. It's just his phone number. <laughs> said, <"My> number. <laughs> Which I was like, all right, that's pretty smooth. Well played. Um, well played, drummer man. Yeah, you know, but it's like a, we somewhat work together. We don't work like directly, directly together, but enough that I'm like, I got to be a little careful how I yes. approach this or whatever. Very fair. Um, and he had his number, and then I like wrote, I wrote down his name under the number because I'm not good with names. <laughs> um, and he said, "Oh, text me, and I'll send you like the flyer with all the information, whatever." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, great, yeah." Like, and he's like, "I gotta get back." I was like, "Oh, yeah, great to meet you." Like, shook his hand, whatever. Um, it was kind of nice. There was no other comedians around, which usually there always is, but for some reason it was just me. So I was like, "Oh," and I was like, "Well, I guess that's that's uh, that's the new drummer, and uh, I'm gonna try to go." to uh his show wednesday 
Amazing. Why not? Yeah. So the thing I wasn't sure though, of course, I like invited a couple friends to be like, what do you yeah. got going on Wednesday? Want to go? I got hit on by a drummer. Um, one of my friends was like, so it's not a date. And I'm like, listen, okay. Okay. All, all right. right. Okay. All right. You know, let me live. All right. I got invited to a thing. I'm going to go to the thing. What if it's not a date? All right. Other people are there. Do you want to go or not? Don't, don't rub this in. Don't rub this I into mean, me. It's obviously it's not, not a date because he's performing, but like that doesn't mean that it might not turn into one. Yeah. Or also I'm like, the guy opened the door. He made a pretty bold move. He approached yes. me. He introduced he himself. He invited me to go somewhere. I'll fucking take it. All right. The other guy is in Atlanta, apparently. So you know what? I'll go to the damn show. What I honestly to lose? think it would have been like a lot. If he had approached you the very first time you ever met and he was like, hi, what are you doing Wednesday? I'd like to take you to dinner. Here's my number. Like that, like, yeah, that would have been a lot. Barely any conversation, you know? Right. So why not? I'm going to go. I believe it's a, I got to look it up. I believe it's like a jazz club type of place. Oh, fun. Too. Um, but of course I ended up creeping and finding his Instagram. Uh-huh. And then I was watching like a couple videos of him drumming and I'm like, this is pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I'm into that it. That's really cool. So yeah, are I'm you into you're it. you're into him? Like you because you had never met him until this moment. Uh I mean, he seems great. Yeah. Like, why not? Awesome. Um, so then I was texting him today. He sent me the flyer. Yeah. And I asked, I said, Oh, are you performing the whole time? And he said, most of the time, he said, we switch um, you know, musicians. So I'll be at the bar when I'm not like at the show or on stage, whatever. Great. Um, so then I said, oh, okay, great. I'm going to see if I can get a couple friends to go with me. Yeah. And that was also my way of being like, okay, so, I mean, not that you'd be mad, but like, okay, heads up. I'm going to have, like, some friends are going to come with me. Then, yeah. Because obviously I'm not going to sit there by myself. Makes total sense. You don't know him. You're not going to go to the show by yourself where he's not going to be available half the time or more than half the time, maybe. Right. Exactly. Just like, hey, it opens the door. I'll go to the show. Also, these these musicians watch us perform the same jokes all the time at the Comedy Cellar. So it's like, hey, even if this goes nowhere, the least I could do is go support one of the musicians at the Comedy Cellar with a couple true. friends. Go see true, what they true, do, true. see them on stage, be an audience member for a change. I'm not opposed. So I think it's fun. I think it is a little bit of a fun little adventure. Somewhere I've never gone, doing shit in real life. I'll take it. I love it. So... Amazing. I will say this you, though. This what? I was almost going to the fifty cent concert, which I was very tempted to go oh, to. Oh, that would have been so good. It's also Busta Rhymes, and I was like, ah, do I go? But honestly, logistically, it's like down the shore and I'm still dog sitting. Oh. So I was like, you know what? I'll take all of it as a sign and I got this invited somewhere else. I'll go this to the other thing. I'll go to the other thing. But so I'm excited. That's what I got going on this week. What about you? That's awesome. So I have been continuing my IRL challenge, which you are now a part of with your IRL, uh, your IRL outings. So, but before that, I actually went on a date from the apps last week. Yes. A Bumble man, right? Uh, yes. So we had talked like two weeks ago that I had set up this date, but then we like, we were both super busy. So we didn't go out until like the week after we're calling him the stout. For no other reason than he likes stouts. And 
<laughs> We're going to be so, running out of nicknames. It's going to be like, this one's called Labatt Blue. That's what he likes. Anyway. <laughs> like, this one's called, like, gonna Stout get... 2.5. We're just going to get more specific? Yeah, basically, All yeah. Right. It took me a while. I, I kept thinking of ones that I've already used. Like, oh, this would be good. No. Like, I... Yeah. It, anyway. So... I basically like I'm like try, I'm trying to think of how, of the summary of this date. I had a good time. Mm-hmm. What was interesting is I'm not sure. So he actually told me on the date that he has had a lot of experiences where women people he dates, but he dates women. But like, so this is not just like all women type of thing. But just yeah, but we're. Where he goes on dates and he has a good time and thinks that they have a good time and they say they have a good time, but then they like never want to go out again. Okay. And what was interesting about that is I was like having a good time on the date. And at the end of the date, he said, he was like, oh, this was fun. I was like, yeah, this was fun. Like, I'd, I'd like to do it again. And he was like, really though? <laughs> I mean- was like... Yeah. I mean, I don't blame him. He's like, I know, you know, I talked about this. Don't tease me. I, no, no, no. That, that, no, that was when he, no, that's when he brought it up. That's when he brought uh, it up. Yeah. It was uh, like at the okay. end when we were saying he that. Wanted, he wanted real clarification. Like, do you I really know, mean it? Because, yeah. Right. Because like this has happened, hmm. which like on the one hand, that sucks that that's happened to him. Yeah. Whatever. On the other hand, I'm like, I don't know that telling me about it is going to make that better. No, I think he was trying to explain why he was being like Mr. Clarification. Kind of like, yeah, hey, maybe. I know this isn't hot, but everybody says that. Like, be yeah, honest with me. Do you very really want to go on another date? You can say no. It's almost giving you the floor to go. You could say no. You're like, oh, actually, I was lying. I... <laughs> Now that you mentioned it, but no, I was not lying. I, I did have a good time. But that, I think, is a good summary of the date because generally on this date, I think he was very nervous. And I couldn't quite put my finger on it mm. until that interaction where I was like, oh, I think that he's kind of on edge because he's had this experience of like having a good time on a date and then it doesn't go anywhere. And now he is nervous on first dates. Yeah, maybe he was just in his head thinking, like, are they having fun? I think fun? so. I think so. And so, because throughout the date, it was like, we we're having a good time. We were bantering. We were laughing. But it's like, almost like too jokey. So, no. Mm. No. What? Is that serious? Alexa, again? stop. <laughs> that was so Alexa was like, I'll tell you a joke. <laughs> she, <laughs> you want a joke, bitch? What Here's is that? A joke. A joke? <laughs> uh, she's just been waiting she's biding her time until somebody asks her to tell a joke she's jealous um, she keeps hearing you talk to me not to her <laughs> so anyway um so it just was like everything that we said became a joke mm-hmm. and we do have really similar senses of humor and we did laugh a lot but it's like we don't need to laugh about everything yeah that's, and that's I, a I, classic nervous trait. Yes. And so I think it was him just being like reflexively nervous and making like a, he would say something, but then ha- but then put a joke on it to make it less serious or to make it like mm-hmm. less scary of a thing to say. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Nerves. 
So, so, but overall, had a good time. Thought he was very cute. Would totally go out with him again. Um, interestingly, also towards the end of the date, I thanked him for having picked out the place and, you know, kind of like done the planning, which I had asked him to do. I had asked him to plan the date. Like the Jared Free move, like make the plan I'm in. Or Pretty much. work was busy, I forget what you said. Work was busy and that's why I did it. But like, I didn't really tell him that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I basically had asked him if he could pick a place, et cetera. And he did. And he, you know, found a place and it was great and it was convenient and all this stuff. And so I was thinking, I thanked him for that. I'm like, this place is mm-hmm. awesome. And he asked me if I would be open to picking the place on the second date. Like he basically asked me, I forget how he phrased it, but he basically was asking me like, is it your expectation that I'm always going to plan the dates? To which I said like, no, definitely not. Yeah, I get that. I get that vibe. I like yeah. a, here's an idea I'd like. I've never implemented this. Um, it actually was <laughs> okay. a friend of Rourke's who did this. They made it, if you come to my neighborhood, I plan the date. If I go to your neighborhood, you plan the date. I like that. But I was, I, I think that's actually really great. Yeah. Like, perfect. Okay. I, yeah. You said to be playing the date. I'm planning it near where I live. There you go. Yeah. Easy for that's me. It's be convenient for a party of one. <laughs> it's going to be very convenient for me. I'll gladly yeah. plan it then. Yeah. No, I like that. That makes sense. Um, so now here's my question though. So I, I said, yeah, I was like, yeah, I would totally like pick this. And we specifically said pick the place. So like second yeah. date's on. That was the phrasing, right? Like we specifically said pick the place, et cetera. Like, and I said, I like, but it, in at that point, it was an in theory conversation. It was not at the end when we were talking about like, okay, but we're going to go out again. Oh, okay. So we say goodbye, et cetera. He texted me to make sure I got home okay. Very nice. I then went away for the weekend. He had friends in town as well. We've been texting. Like he went to a concert. Oh, fun. It, very weird coincidence. He went to a concert of a band I had never heard of. Um, on He was going to a concert of a band I had never heard of. We were talking about it. The bartender was like, wait, I'm going to that concert. Oh, really? Yeah. Of this random, I, I, I don't, I honestly don't even remember the name of the band. I've never heard of them. Oh, sure. But like, so funny. So then he and the bartender exchanged numbers to meet up at the concert. Oh, damn. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. It was just like a small world. So we were texting throughout the weekend. Like he sent me a picture from the concert. I sent him pictures from the, the wineries that we were at, which was super fun. I'll talk about. Um, and we were kind of going back and forth all weekend I then had an insane day. I worked pretty much all day on Sunday after I got back from Long Island. This week is nuts at work again. And so he was, you know, wished me luck on that, et cetera. That was yesterday. Haven't talked today, but my question now is like, does he think that I am going to do all of the legwork in terms of like, so we're going out again, right? Like what day are you free? Where are we going? Like, Mm. am, am I, am I doing all of that? I don't Question know. Mark? Like he has not brought up so that second date. No. Nothing about it. No. Uh I guess I guess yeah. I guess I the answer is yeah. yeah. Cuz he right? he told you plan it. I so know. now he's I guess waiting for a plan. I, I mean it's I been a busy so. weekend in one day, so it's also like I mean yeah, it's not like I've been leaving him hanging, but and I I can't even think about I could barely think about doing this right now to be honest. Like this week is nuts. So like but I think yes, right? I think I think 
that is probably how he interpreted that conversation. Uh, yeah. Sounds like he's in his feminine energy. <laughs> uh, which also, can I do a quick caveat? Cause somebody uh, brought up a point about feminine energy in the discord. Yeah. Uh, I didn't respond because I think it's a little bit of a complex response. So I think I partly have been using the word feminine energy a little bit incorrect. Yeah. My impression of feminine energy is making myself more passive. When I'm trying okay. to be in the feminine energy, I'm telling myself to pull back a little bit. Feminine energy definition is receiving. That's what it is. It's being yeah. the receiving energy, not the pursuing energy. Yeah. That being said, there's also other parts of it too. It doesn't, doesn't it all have to actually really do with like how you dress and all these other things that we typically associate with feminine. It's like mm -hmm. receiving and it's also being a more nurturing essentially being like the cheerleader of a relationship, right? So imagine a relationship that someone is on the stage and someone is in the audience cheering for them. Yeah. And there is a great book I read. I'd be curious if you'd like to do an episode on this. I hate the title of this book. You're going to hate the title as I'm about to say it. Okay. It's called Getting to I Do. Everybody throw up. Get over the title. <laughs> okay. We all know titles just need to be a catchy thing that catch your eye, whatever, right? Yeah. The book is written by somebody who had a PhD in studying feminine versus masculine energy. And what I like about the book is it breaks down what it really means. And it also actually makes the point that every relationship, you are the masculine energy in some things and you're the feminine energy in other things. And it always switches and fluctuates. Yeah. Well, so that's my that rant that's... about feminine energy. No, I think that I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. I think it makes a lot of sense. I, I, would, I would totally do an episode on that book. Um, I do hate the title. You're correct. I have heard of it though. Yeah. The and title sucks. Okay. The yeah, title the sucks. All right. Titles we don't bad. like the title. Yeah. But I do think it makes sense. Like I, I personally am not into the, the way that I see feminine energy applied on social media. Like, yes, mostly like if, if I go into the feminine energy hashtag, I'm going to hate every single video I see. Like I, which is I, fair and fine. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I hear what you're saying too. Cause I think from a definitional perspective, and we can get more into this when we do the episode itself, from a definitional perspective, it's not about women and men. It's about it's not. Like the quote unquote feminine and the quote unquote masculine, which is actually more of a scientific term than genders. Yeah. It actually is completely separate from gender because the book even yeah. talks about couples that aren't heterosexual. So that's my side rant about it. Cause someone was saying, you know, now we're associating women with being passive and they shouldn't be passive. And here's the thing. I am a masculine energy a hundred percent of my life. Okay. So I am not naturally feminine energy. It's just, that's just what my personality is. And my yeah, friend that recommended this book to me, same exact thing. And she said, this book really opened my eyes to some of the different dynamics in relationships and actually more of the type of partner that I need will probably be more of the feminine energy. Right. So anyway, that was my side rant of it because somebody brought it up. I wanted to reply to it in the discord, but it was like, I don't want to write like a novel and explain the whole thing. And obviously I'm not an expert on the subject, you know, but yeah, totally. But I was like, maybe I've used it a little bit because my impression of it when I see it on social media is passive. That's my impression of it is passive. I called it lazy on the pod because when I'm quote, trying to be in my feminine energy, what I say to myself is what is the laziest response here? And that usually is, the passive feminine energy response is how I, yeah, how I, mean, I phrase it in my head to myself. Does that make honestly, sense? Honestly, when, yeah, honestly, when you use it in the past, it sounds like you're it, like, to me, you're, you're actually poking fun at the people who are using it in like, yeah. a, 
in in the way that we don't like. But I, I also understand where that person was coming from. So I would love to do that episode. I think that sounds great. Right. But I use those words to be like, I am referring to all the shit we see. If I start calling it something else, you don't understand what I'm referring to. Like, that's that's why I use the word. I'm not saying you should be in your feminine energy. But anyway, side tangent of the yeah. thing. Appreciate the feedback, ultimately. I just course, was like, always. I can't. Uh, I felt bad not responding because I was like, I don't know how to exactly phrase this and i was like let me look it up again and refresh my own like definition of it and what i've read about it before yeah anyway but i think he essentially yes put the ball on your court i think i think so i fully think this put is on there. me i think this is on me which I, yeah so i guess i will t- i will text him um, well well my question would be for this scenario yeah does that make you less excited for the second date that you feel like it's all on you? It's a good question. I think the answer is yes. Which then is like, man, is this how men always feel? Mm, like, maybe, you know, like, I'm like, oh man, I have to do all of this. And then I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> the call's coming from inside the house. Like, so I'm like, I think, but what I, what I really, what I think is, so the answer is yes, it, it does make me a little less excited, but only Which in like a, only like a gut reaction. Like I very quickly, I'm like, okay, chill out. Well, you know what I would think it was the fact that someone told you to do it. Yeah. I definitely don't like being told what to do. Yeah, Like, I think that's the part of it because <laughs> I sit here thinking like a lot of dates I've gone on, I was the one pushing the cart forward. I was the one on the app saying, let's get a drink sometime. Here's my number. Like where it, I guess maybe then it ultimately feels a little equal, but for the most part, I'm like, no, there's a lot of times I'm like, why am I the only one pushing this cart forward? However, that person didn't tell me to do it. The minute you tell me to do it now, I'm like, yeah, fuck this. It's just your initial reaction. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely don't like, like being told what to do. Right. Like I, I think that's a little bit what it is. And it, I think this plays on, I think what was it wasn't this like Jared's biggest pet peeve on apps when people say I'm looking for you to do xyz you plan the date he's like I know that I was gonna do that but now that you told me to do it it's I don't want to talk to you you know yeah like I don't know sorry if I derailed your train of thought but um that's all I could think when you said that I was like oh the fact that he told me to do it I'd be like yeah yeah, but I also am trying to re- – I agree. that was That's where my initial reaction is coming from. I'm trying to remind myself in my head that I that I think his request is coming from a place where he has put himself out there in the past and then, like, thought that somebody wanted to go out again and put himself mm-hmm. out there to ask them on that second date because they said they wanted to and then, yeah. like, not heard anything back. And, like, that's got to suck. Yeah, I, I don't want to say he's. he's from. Yeah, I don't want to say he's playing a game, because I feel like he did communicate it clearly. Oh, definitely like, did. This is what's happened to me, and then it makes sense why he was like, "Okay, you plan the second date." Yeah, he's like, "I, you know, came to you uh, metaphorically, not physically, although he actually mm. came much closer to me than him, but." Um, like I came to you metaphorically. So like, you know, let's, what will be interesting to me is like, does he want to continue? Let's say with the second date goes well and we both want to go on a third date. Does he want to continue this like tit for tat 
approach Ugh. or can, because that's not gonna that's not gonna feel great i don't i don't need to be in like a well then it was you and then it was me like i i don't need to no that doesn't sound i would fun. hate that that doesn't sound fun at all no i don't i don't like it either yeah if but that, that's a if that's what problem. happens but if that's, that's what happens future. yeah if that's what happens i will not like that i um, think this more brings up the question does that mean you have to pay for the date oh fuck I, I don't think, think it should, does. I, don't I think, think I should does. offer. I think I should offer. Do you usually offer? I, I always offer. I like, yes. I always offer to split it. But I meant I should offer to pay for the date if I'm the one who asks him out and plans. Oh, I don't think you have to. I don't have to, but I, I think I might. I'd still say don't don't pull the card fully out. <laughs> no, he paid he <laughs> paid for this entire date. So he already had a tablet yeah. when I got there. I mean, you know my opinion on that, as he should. I do. So. I do. It's just funny. It's just funny. I've gotten DMs now that I've been more pretty black and white on this. Uh, what I would like or expect, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so funny when the girl's like, I offered. And they took me on his offer. And I go, did you pull the card out? Was the card in your hand? And they go, well, yeah. And I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Don't put the card in your hand. Don't see like I, it's, I think know? it's, I think it's totally fine if people don't want to offer and if they just want to say thank you or whatever. I think this is just my opinion. If you offer, then yeah, they might say yes. So like, yeah, I, I don't like think you can be you, mad. They say yes, but I, that's why I stopped the bullshit offer. I'm like, I'm not doing this. Are you looking at me? Let me reach. Blah blah blah. Like, I just, I'm over it. I'm like, no. Yeah, I, like I'm if done you doing if it. you offer, then like I think it should be a genuine offer. So if you're not offering genuinely, truly being happy to pay your half, then mm-hmm. I don't think you should. Like, I think if you're going to offer, it should be coming from a genuine place. That's just how I feel about it. Yeah. I'm just saying uh, uh, in my not genuine offer days, I would never pull the card out. Don't pull the card out. <laughs> don't. You know what I mean? Like, damn. Don't do it. Yeah. He he took care of it really early because – so he got there before I did. And so he would already ordered something for himself. Mm-hmm. And then when I got there, he was like, oh, I have a tab open. Like, what do you want? Like, it was already yeah, – yeah, it was super easy. It was already established. Um, so in any case, that was that. And then I went away to the North Fork. Um, I have a friend whose mom lives on Long Island on the North Fork, like near Greenport, where there's a bunch of amazing vineyards and stuff. And so me and my two friends went out there for a girls weekend. It was like a, a soul rejuvenating trip that I really, really needed. I really needed it. That's great. I'm happy to hear it. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Like just there are two friends from my volleyball team. We're very, very close. One of them is getting married next month. We're both in her wedding. Like it was just like one of those things where like I have been so stressed and so busy and all I wanted to do that weekend was nothing, frankly. Like I actually was Mm. kind of like annoyed at myself that I had agreed to go on this trip on this particular weekend when I was really – I knew I was going to be busy at work. And I – Dreading it's the wrong word, completely the wrong word. And I told this to them when I was there. So, But like I I was like, oh, if it didn't have to be this weekend. Yeah. And I am it's just actually – just getting there, the trap. Yes. Always. And I am so glad that it was because I was like reset emotionally mm-hmm. by like being with such close friends that I didn't have to be on. Like I could just be. Yeah. You need it. I really needed it. Um, it was just – it was so lovely. Um, we just we laughed. I fell off a fucking bar stool, sober as shit. 
It was <laughs> it was great. Somehow I didn't injure myself. And then we went back to this bar the next night and the bartender was like, it's you. <laughs> like, hey. You're like, yeah, I brought leather pants so they'd stick. Yep. I'm the one who slipped off the bar stool. And then I actually almost mm-hmm. fell off her mom's bar stool in her kitchen the next morning. Like I just like oh, shouldn't God, be really? on bar stools. I just shouldn't be yeah. on bar stools is, no the, more. is the moral of the story. Yeah, no more for me. Um, so yeah, it was lovely. And it was actually one of the first trips that I had 0% input on planning. Which is so nice. How nice is it? It was incredible. I trust these two friends to make really good plans. Yeah, but you know, you gotta, to be a, what do they call it? A passenger princess, right? Yeah. Like a passenger princess every once in a while is great. Yeah, I, so I, I drove us, so I wasn't entirely the passenger princess, but when we were driving, we're driving there, like after we all got off work and they came over and helped me pack and we're driving and we were like halfway there. I was like, guys, I have an embarrassing question. And they're like, we've been waiting for this question. I'm like, you know what I'm going to ask? They're like, yeah, ask it. I was like, what are we doing this weekend? (laughs) (laughs) All right. You made it, what, a half hour? That's not bad. (laughs) Like, they were like, we've been waiting for you because they've been, we have a group text. They've been planning the weekend in the group text without me. I'm in the text, but like without any input from me for like weeks. Well, there you go. And they're just like, we know Allie's coming. She said she was coming. I'm like, I'm definitely coming. I just like can't, you know, whatever. And then, like, we're on the trip. I'm like, so what's, what are we doing this weekend, everybody? <laughs> oh, there you go. You need that, though. Yeah. But it was really fun. Um, so, and then this week, I have at least one, maybe two in-person events. Oh, fun. Which ones are you going to? So, tomorrow, I need to, I actually meant to ask you about this because there was that mixer that you had sent me to be on the guest list for. Yeah, I messed up. Well, not messed up. The uh, Lady Liberty is in the playoffs, and I ended up getting tickets for Tuesday. Yeah, but so I, I didn't no get any info. But I put myself on the guest list, but I didn't get any information about it. Oh, actually, now that you say that, I didn't either. I'm on the guest yeah. list as well. Oh, I could message. I could message the girl that's running it and see. Yeah, but I feel bad. I, I was like, go. oh, I bought the tickets, and then I was like, oh, you were gonna go to that mixer. But I was like, yeah. Come I mean, on, I'll go by playoffs. myself. I'll go by myself. That's fine. But I just don't know anything. I don't know where it is or anything like that. I just like have it on my calendar from signing up to be on the guest list. Oh, okay. I'll send her a message and find out. Yeah. It's yeah. Is it like a secret? You get an email tomorrow morning, maybe. Oh, maybe. Well, it's on my calendar, so I I am I have blocked off the time to go. And then on Wednesday, people keep DMing me ideas because a follower DM'd me that she is involved in a theater company in New York, and. They, they do these shows where they have like after parties for like young theater goers. Like they're trying to like encourage more young people to go to the theater. And so it's a show that's being produced in part by Taraji P. Henson, who I absolutely love. And she, there's like a little panel afterwards that she's on. And then there's like an after party with the DJ after the, after the show. That, a panel is actually a really great move because it gives you something to easily talk about with everybody. Totally. Totally. And there's like the, there's like the theater performance beforehand too. So it's like, you've all seen the same show. You're all doing this panel and it's like all in the same venue also. So there's no like secondary location where you might lose people. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. Keep sending the recommendations. This is great. I never heard of this. Please, please continue to send recommendations. So I'm doing that um, on Wednesday. So those are my two 
events and I'm well over my limit already or not limit, but well over my, my quota for September. I love it. I'm trying. Yeah. Sorry. I haven't hit mine yet, but I'm trying. I mean, you did one of mine. You're going to an IRL thing. So you're, that's uh, yeah. fine. I mean, yeah, I just, uh, I am trying on the apps. I just, I don't know. To be honest, I'm also on all three of them right now that I'm like, I think I was uh, full honesty. I was tempted to just delete all of them because yeah. of just a frustrating day. And then I was like, all right, maybe you minimize to one. But now I'm sitting here like, I don't know which one I would pick. Like, none of them seem in the lead for me. I mean, I'm always going to pick Bumble every day. Yeah, I mean, you're a lifetime subscriber. (laughs) Well, that's not the reason. (laughs) (laughs) The thing I like about Bumble is you can just buy the premium for a week. That is a feature I like, that I don't have to commit to, like, a whole month. I could be like, give me it for a week. Let me, like, get whatever matches and, like, really throw it out there. Throw Throw up some higher numbers, if you will. So yeah, that's that's what I have going on. But I am excited to chat with our guest. We have Marianne Yip coming on the pod. And I was connected with Marianne like, gosh, eight months ago now. And we've been chatting about getting her on to really talk about that transition from being single to being in a partnership. We've been getting a lot of questions about like early relationship stages. She wrote a book while she was single where she talks about like 12 different guys that she dated. She's hilarious. So I'm excited to talk to her. Yeah, we had a great conversation. I'm very happy for everyone to hear it. So without further ado, let's get to Marianne. Listen up, guys. If you haven't heard yet, we're coming to the DC Comedy Loft for another live podcast Thursday, March 21st. Get your tickets. We are, I think, over halfway sold out already. Well over halfway sold out. So get your tickets if you want to come experience some magic live. We want to meet you. We want to talk to you. We're going to have so much fun. And it's also Allie's birthday that week. It is my birthday that week, so and my mom might be there. I'm excited. You can go to findingmrhyde.com slash live to find an easy link, also in our bios, to get those tickets. And we are going to have an after party afterwards where we can really meet and greet, talk to everybody somewhere in the area. Yeah. So make sure you come. DC Comedy Loft, Thursday, March 21st. And if you want to check out some stand-up, I'm going to be there all weekend. So Friday and that Saturday, I'll be doing stand-up shows. Start swiping on Hinge. Bring a date. Have a good time. and. You'll, you can come and meet Allie's mom, which we still have some spots left on our Portugal trip. And a little update on that. A few of you reached out to us about, hey, I want to come either, unfortunately, I don't have my mom anymore, or I want to come with my aunt. I want to come with my sister. I just want to come with a friend. The trip is officially open to anybody that would like to come, as long as you don't mind. Half the trip being moms and daughter combos. Everybody's excited to come. Doesn't matter. You are welcome to join. Travel with us. It's going to be so, so fun. You can also check that out at findingmrheight.com slash podcast. If you have any questions about it, feel free to reach out. We're happy to answer anything. We're just so excited to be there with our moms and with you. Yep. Next October, October 4th through 10th. Check it out. Come travel with us too. And we are back with Mary. And hi, welcome to Finding Mr. Height, the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. We are so pumped to have you here. This has been a long time in the making. We're pumped. Yes, I know. I think we reached out or I reached out to you back in February. So it's yeah. definitely been, what, six, seven months in the making. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a journey. And it's like, it's great because recently we've been getting a lot more questions about, you know, we talk a lot about being single and dating. And, you know, I know you've got a lot to say on that too, but 
recently we've been seeing an uptick in questions from people who have transitioned from being single for a long time into a partnership and mm-hmm. that I, that's a like an, an area of dating I think that doesn't get enough play. For sure, because I feel like so many people are focused on the dating aspect because it can be, you know, exciting and and also depressing and just a journey itself. And then or fast forwards to marriage and kids. And it's like, where is that gap? Like you mentioned, what happens in that area? So, yeah, Yeah. it is an interesting topic. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So on that note, would love for you to tell our listeners why we have you here to talk about this particular topic. Yes. So I'm Marianne. I'm a native New Yorker. And during COVID, I decided to write a book about New York City dating and my experience with men because one, I had nothing better to do. And two, I always wanted to be a writer. So I was like, you know what, let me, you know, write down my stories. Uh, My best friend is, we have a long distance friendship. She lives in Philadelphia. And I would always call her after all my dates, right? Like most women do. And I'm dishing out about like what I like, what I don't like and everything. And she she would be so fascinated because she was in a relationship. And she's like, you can't make these stories up. You have to write them down. So I always joke around and say that the book wrote itself during COVID. And I talk about 12 men that I've dated. And I know that you, Ali, you also um, label your men, I guess, with a certain phrase, which I yep. did in my book as well. The and obviously, we love yeah. It. Um, so yeah, I wrote it and I published it within 2021 and then it got released last year. So not that I'm a qualified, but I do feel like I give this raw, authentic, um, glimpse to what it's like dating, you know, as a mid 20 to 30 year old, uh, woman in New York. Yeah. And then, so I loved the book. I like really resonated with Thank it, especially you. like you said, you know, I talk about my own dating online and we, we have this podcast where we talk about our dates and, and, but the piece that I think really struck me is because we had already said, you know, okay, you're going to come on the pod. You're going to talk about, you know, that transition from mm-hmm. being single to being partnered. And I get to the end of the book and I'm like, wait a minute, she doesn't end up with Mr. Z. Like I totally thought <laughs> the guy at the end was going to be the guy that you're with now. So then I was like, well, now I'm especially excited to talk Mm -hmm. to her about what happened next, like what happened after the book. Well, the crazy part is that I stopped writing or I had to close, you know, my book out with a certain man. I couldn't continue writing. So I think I ended things with him in 2021. And I had to give the draft to my publisher at the time. So I was still dating while I was writing, but I had to obviously put a stop because otherwise it would have just been a continuous dating. You could keep writing forever. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So, um, so no, I do. I'm not with Mr. Z. And then, um, when I finished writing the book, I was still on the apps. I was still dating. So I thought there was going to be a part two. So I did screenshot like certain conversations that I had with men because I do reference that in my book. Um, but long story short, because my story is just, again, it's just crazy. I published it last March and I had a launch party. I went to events to talk about the book and I, I met my my partner at one of these events and we hit it off. Um, and then (laughs) it's like crazy because then three months later I got pregnant and we all know how I got pregnant. And um, 
Yeah, I had a baby in February. So it's like our story is just very, I don't want to say rushed. It was just unplanned. So everything yeah. kind of happened all at once. But I will say that I am like obviously super happy. I love where I'm at now. But it's just the craziest route. And I, I tell him all the time that I would not have met him had I not dished out my personal business out into the world. So I had to write about write about these men to meet him. So that's my crazy story. <laughs> Wait, so I, um, to clarify for the listeners as well, I did this right before we recorded. You are still with your partner, but yes, you are not yes. married. We are not married. And do you guys live together? Yes, we live together. So you live together. Okay. Yes. So one of my questions is, while you were dating and writing this book, did you originally kind of have more of a traditional timeline or thoughts about relationships and marriage than babies and all that kind of stuff? Yes and no. I, I do believe like you can have kids and not necessarily get married. I feel like my sister did the same thing and I've had friends do it. Um, but I did know that in my heart, I do want to get married and I do like that route, right, of dating, moving in, marriage, having kids. But I also believe that just because you do that step, it doesn't make you have like a better relationship and it doesn't make that timeline just um, like happier, if that makes sense. I used to feel like I need to have, I need to be dating a guy three years in order to get married and in order to have kids. But I think the older you get, you know what your values are, what your standards are, how you, you know, relate to somebody, how you connect with somebody. And you don't need three years to figure that out. So I do feel like there's a, like a loose timeline. Um, but again, no. If you asked me a year ago, would I imagine this is how I, you know, would come about to have a baby and meet my partner? No, not in a million years. But life is strange and beautiful in that way, I guess. <laughs> oh, definitely. I mean, uh, I just was curious because of your book, mm-hmm. you know, how, how, what was your approach going in? And then, you know, if you essentially sit there and say, oh, this isn't the trajectory I thought was going to happen, but I am happy that it happened and no judgment that you came to it this way. I'm, I know there's plenty of people that listen to this that have had a similar situation mm-hmm. um, as you have. Uh, I mean, it's kind of nice, though, that your sister sort of, did the same kind of timeline when it comes to like talking to your family about it, mm-hmm. not having to be the uh, first one to kind of go outside the traditional lines might have, might have helped a little bit. Totally. And I feel like my family never gave us that pressure of saying like, you have to get married before you have kids. I was raised um, in, in a household where they truly trusted me and my decisions and supported me. So I feel like my mom never had judgment when I came to her and told her that I was pregnant. Obviously, she already met my partner prior, but it was always about like, if you're happy, then we're here to support you, even though obviously it's not what, you know, they expected. I'm curious, did your partner read the book before meeting you? No. Or did he happen to be at whatever event? Yeah. How did he end up at that party? Okay. So Vince Camuto had a uh, campaign and event with Alexis. I don't know if you know her New York City date night. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, I've, I yeah, know her yeah, yeah. account. Yeah. yeah. So she and I met for coffee to talk about New York City and dating because I just wrote a book about it. And she got invited to host a masterclass on dating in New York City and invited me to be a guest on the panel. 
It just so happens that he was helping his uncle who has a print shop and he was a vendor at that event. So I was on on stage. He heard me speak. He approached me afterwards and we just hit it off. But there's just like so many other weird things that happen because in my book, Ali, I'm sure you may, you may or may not remember, I spoke about age a lot because yeah. I was very, I had this kind of a rule that I just always wanted to date older men. So I'm 31, um, but when I was dating from 27 to 30, I always put my, you know, filters for like the apps as minimum like 35. I wanted five years older than me. But my partner is actually three years younger than me. And the first question I did ask him when we met was, how old are you? And when he told me he was 27, I said, oh, I don't think this is going to work. Like, you're too young for me. And he said, no, it's only a couple of years. And at that time, I already deleted all my apps. And I was on this high of promoting my book, of being self-empowered and being single. I was so free. And I said, you know what? Why not? You know, we're, we're meeting in a real life situation, which never happens nowadays in New York City. And two, he had a lot of balls to come up to me and, you know, ask me for my number. I don't I don't know the last time <laughs> you guys have been approached by somebody in the streets. I mean, I think that's that's so rare. Well, especially after you had just been on stage talking about all of your the dating life exactly. that you had written about in a book, and then he like walks right up to you. That's mm-hmm. like especially ballsy, I would say. Yeah, and then he mentioned how impressed he was that I wrote a book. He's like, nobody writes a book these days, and I'm like, you know what? This guy's actually proud of an accomplishment that I, you know, I did, and he doesn't even know me. Like clearly, there's something there. So that's the beginning of our quote unquote love story. <laughs> I love that. It also goes back to what you were saying about how, like, you could set out all these rules for yourself and you could say, you know, I want to date someone for this long and then I want to get married and then I want to be married for this long and then have kids. Like, it would be easier if you just could follow a certain set of rules and everything Mm -hmm. would work out. Like, that would be easier, but that just isn't how it works. Mm -hmm. I think, like, this is such a beautiful example of that because similarly in the book, when you're talking about always dating older men and – it reminded me, so last week, Erica gave me a sort of mini challenge to open up my height filters on dating apps. So I'm six feet tall. Erica's very tall as well. I like to date men who are my height or taller, but I have dated men who are shorter than me that I met in person. Mm. And that's kind of similar to what you were saying about exactly. how like you yes. met him in person and he happened to be younger than you. Mm-hmm. But I feel like... Um, if I had been strict with that rule, I would never have obviously given him a chance. I could have just been extremely, you know, like strict on that and say, no, like that's a hard yeah. no for me. Sorry. And two, even if he was on the apps, I would never have come across his profile because I automatically said no to that that age and that filter. Um, but I do think it's it's interesting to see what happens when you go out of your comfort zone. You just never know. So how did that date turn out? <laughs> well, I she haven't gone on just, a date yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> I haven't okay. gone on a date yet. Have I you had good matches? I have had good matches. I will say I'm no longer talking to any of them. All of the conversations have died off, not through my own. I've been trying right. to have these conversations. <laughs> but but so i'm 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 keeping at it i'm not i'm not giving up hope on the on the six feet tall men so previously i had my filters at six one i went down to six feet doesn't sound like (laughs) a big deal but 
it is progress, but the other thing is that so many men round up to six oh, feet I know. that actually I going know. down from six one to six <laughs> feet opens up like a whole new world of possibilities. Totally. Um, okay. On the subject of, I guess, rules slash guidelines, I'm curious, were there any other rules or guidelines you followed that you either broke or ones that you kept even through dating your now partner that you met? I think there's a difference between guidelines and kind of like desires, right? And then um, boundaries or certain expectations, but they can sometimes be, um, there's like a gray area where you're kind of thinking to yourself, is this a boundary? Is this something that I'm like a deal breaker to me and I need to be enforcing it based off of, you know, my values and my self-worth? Or is it something that's just superficial, like height and age? So I do think, um, aside from the age, because that was the only real thing that I truly filtered out. Obviously, I do prefer um, taller men, but I'm also 5'1", so I feel like a lot of men are taller than me. <laughs> yeah, but other, yeah, other than that, I feel like my rules was really, I just know Again, I've dated so many men. I feel like I just know my worth and I know my boundaries. So going into talking with him, I told him straight up actually on our first date that I want the kids, which again, it's surprising and not surprising. But I wanted to make that clear because if he was turned off by that or said, I don't see that in my future, why are we wasting our times, right? Like, I don't want to talk to you because we clearly don't have the same values. And I'm not going to go into it trying to change a man. Like, we all know that's not happening. Um, so I think just being really uh, vocal and communicative about my intentions was something that I definitely went on, you know, let on, I guess, in our first date. So really, one of the only things you were hard filtering out was just age. Yeah. Pretty much everything else was pretty flexible. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. And I feel like, you know how people, I'm sure you ladies get this all the time, like, what's your type? Like, I don't really have a type. Like, if I put all the men I've dated, like, on a chalkboard or something, a whiteboard, they're all so different in terms of looks, background, um, you know, just ethnicity, like, physical attributes. I really go off of I know it sounds maybe cheesy, may not be, but like energy and a, like a certain vibe, you know, if you could just tell if you connect with somebody. So, and I don't think you can define that. Yeah. Something you said in the book reminded me, Erica, of what you've said recently. Erica has been talking recently about personality swipes mm-hmm. where she's like looking for people that are like, you know, coming out of the gate with a really good conversation mm-hmm. or like they've got really good prompts, like yes. feeling like you could just have a good time with that person mm-hmm. on a date. Yes. Yeah. F- full disclosure, it essentially means I'm matching with people I do not find attractive. That is that is fully what it means. And okay. seeing where does the conversation lead and just trying to focus more on that part than the attraction. Because I, I do tend to have a physical type. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I'll find other men quote unattractive mm-hmm. it's just they're not my initial like draw but like pulls my eye but, but with- similar to you if you look at your history there's still people that are not you know within the type okay. it's just online dating almost gives you this power to be pickier in that way exactly. because there's so many people so essentially personality swipe is a uh, my brand of saying matching with people i don't find us attractive that's a nicer way to say it <laughs> but i do feel like nice you have to, to have some type of attraction like, I even mean, I th- think so, yeah, but we've all been there where you weren't attracted to somebody you knew at all, really, 
like mm-hmm. very low and mm-hmm. then as you got to know them your attraction they become true yes yeah. yes so anyway sorry as your point in the book <laughs> no no i agree i think one of mine was like banter like i like when i have a conversation with somebody initially on an app and there is like some type of again banter going back and forth and not just the boring like what do you do for a living and you know where do you live like all that boring talk i need something that's like spicy fun um yeah so that's how it got me to like meet them in person would you um also be initiating these conversations on the app a hundred percent and i think that's why bumble did not work for me uh i downloaded bumble first it was the first app that i downloaded and the women are supposed to message the men first and i felt like i took a lot of initiative (laughs) because i'm just bold and Honestly, it was kind of like an ego, um, what is it called? Like kind of hurt my ego because some men wouldn't write back. And I'm like, isn't this the whole point? Like I'm taking initiative. So, um, yeah, I do. I do talk. I do like, sorry, let me rephrase that. Um, especially on Hinge, I definitely do take initiative. And I even wrote in my book, like I'd be the first type. I'd be the type to say like, are you going to take me on a date? Or like when's our first date? Like I'm not just going to wait around. Um, so if I like the guy, obviously. So, so your move to get off the app to a date is essentially saying, when are you taking me on a date? Yes. I'm not looking for a pen pal or I wasn't looking for a pen pal. So I'm not trying to give you my whole life story. You know, like let's save that for the first date. And if there isn't any interest or any effort on their part, then of course the conversation dies. But if I am feeling it and they're not asking me, I will in a witty way, like, say okay you know when when is this happening like what are we doing um because again i don't have time to waste like i don't really want to have a conversation through hinge or whatever app you know you guys are using so correct me if i'm wrong it sounds like when you switched from using bumble to mainly just using hinge mm-hmm. two yes. things one you stopped really initiating a lot of conversations it sounds like but you would usually initiate moving to the date yes Yes. Okay. I, I mean, it wasn't like a hard rule. I didn't really have this like attitude of, okay, I'm, I'm not going to message any guys or I will message guys. Uh, what really draws me or what I really like about Hinge it, are the prompts because I just think it's, it's fun to be creative in how you introduce yourself. So if I like a prompt or a picture or somebody's, cap, you know, whatever, their response, I have no problem initiating a conversation. Whereas if it's reversed and somebody, you know, likes me or, you know, responds to one of my prompts and they have a, a, a opening line, I'm happy to, you know, continue the conversation from there. So it wasn't yeah, really it's a just, rule. Yeah. It's, it's, just, it's interesting because we've talked about on this show before, like, you know, we'll initiate conversations or whatever. And all of us want something exciting. We want the good banter. We mm-hmm. want the, we want to feel a little good energy, a little spark. But a lot of times, like, we'll blame the other person for being boring and not bringing that. But a lot of times we're doing the same thing, you know, Mm -hmm. like suddenly when it is on you to initiate the conversation on Bumble, a lot of times I'm like, yeah, I do send something that's kind of boring just to, just to be like, are you going to answer me? Right. Cause I felt Mm -hmm. that ego blow too. We were like, all right, let me send out 20 messages, see how many people reply, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, like, so kind of getting at what we were talking about in terms of transitioning from, you know, being single into a relationship or into, you know, into a partnership. So you had that approach in dating, right? You had this very direct, like, this is what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. I'm not afraid to ask for it. I think in your book, you said, like, if you don't ask, you don't get, Mm -hmm. uh, which I love. 
did you find and have you found that that kind of established a dynamic that you wanted in a partnership that then like that kind of led you to having more direct communication in your relationship now? Absolutely. I know that everybody can agree that communication is key. And I feel like what I've learned from dating is that, I, you know, men can't read women's minds and the other way around as well. Like I can't read my partner's minds. He can't read my mind. So we have to be able to communicate. And I think another thing I've learned from transitioning, because you learn all these lessons when you're dating, but when you're in a relationship, that's when everything you practice it, right? You're forced to practice it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when I was dating, I feel like I had all these, again, rules and just expectations. But when you're in a relationship, everything changes. And it's like, you have to continue to choose love or to choose that person, which I know segues to the other topic of like finding love and choosing love. Whereas I feel like when you're dating, um, these rules can just be like, in your face but when you're in a relationship you have to work on it if does that make sense like it's easy to say that I want x y and z but when you're in a relationship you have to be in those situations to implement them and to see how it plays out and say oh now I understand why this makes sense and how can I communicate that to my partner like there's another person that's like reacting in real time to what your expectations are what you want yes And I feel like with dating, you can be very selfish, which is totally fine because being in a relationship, you need to know what you want. But when you're in a relationship, it's not just you. And that's, I know it sounds so obvious, but I swear to God, this was like a revelation for me because there'll be moments where I'm like, oh, it's not just all about me and what I want and my needs being met the other person's needs has to be met too. And how can, like, what role am I playing? Am I fulfilling, you know, what he wants? Because it's not just me, 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 me. So it's like this two-way dance. And I think dating, you only see it from your point of view. You're only seeing what steps you're taking, what song you're, you want to play, you know, what rhythm, what dance, whatever. Like the metaphor is, is very much your perspective. But when you're in a relationship, you have to take in consideration, no, what do we want to play today? You know, what dance are we having tonight? Well, that's usually the hardest part about transitioning into a relationship is now there is this other person and you don't want to say like essentially has a say over your life, but it's more it's your partner that you run things by each other, right? You're no longer usually planning to go away for a weekend without checking in with your partner first, like hey, was there something we had going on, like, type of plans? And I, I feel like that is the biggest shift in a relationship, or that's the biggest, um, one of the biggest plus sides of being single more. People say, you don't have to answer to anybody. Mm-hmm. Not saying that your partner runs your life, but it is now a we, and you can't just make a decision in 10 minutes and check your own calendar and not check in with anybody else type of thing. A hundred percent. There is definitely this sense of, I don't want to say freedom that's taken away, but it's a different approach to your freedom and how to navigate it because you have this significant partner who's now indirectly playing a role in your time. Yeah. Something I think about a lot is that I've, I've lived on myself for, gosh, close to eight years now, seven years, something like that. 
And I've thought a lot about like just the fact that this is my space and -hmm. I can do whatever I want here and I can decorate it the way I want and I can have the things that I want and literally don't answer to a single other person in this space. And that is probably going to be a massive shift if and when I live with someone. Uh, This is the first time I'm living with somebody. Like I've never lived with a guy prior. So I didn't have any experience. And I'm a very, I don't want to say I'm OCD, but I'm organized and I like things, you know, be put back into place. And I feel like he's definitely not like that. And one thing I've learned is just choosing your battles, you know, is um, the dishes in the sink. They're not washed at this point particular moment that I would want them to be washed and clean but is that harming me you know is that is that negatively affecting me right now no so he has also taught me to let go of control and to like enjoy the moment and he'll say like let's just you know sit on the couch and watch Netflix like the dishes can wait even though I would prefer to do the dishes and then you know (laughs) sit on the couch and watch Netflix but that is another thing I've realized. It's about like choosing your battles and certain things. It's okay. Like if there's a mess, the laundry or, you know, there's a mess here and there, it's not life changing. It's okay. Like focus on the things that actually matter. Well, that actually is, um, you could say possibly an example of prioritizing, you know, time with your significant other Mm -hmm. over household tasks. And I think a lot of people talk about that, especially when they have kids, because kids Mm -hmm. just takes over. You're still in newborn-ish baby mode where you're like, your sleep is kind of up and down. Like everything's taking so much time from you that I think that's a moment. I I don't know if you felt this way, but how I heard it was, do I want to spend time doing the dishes or do I want to spend some time with my partner right now Mm -hmm. and learning how to kind of let go of some of those, some of those little like nagging tasks in the back of your Mm -hmm. head and I'm like you, that stuff drives me nuts. So. Mm-hmm. No, I know it does. And I think, um, no, you bring in, bringing in like babies and kids. Obviously, I have a seven month old son. And that is one thing I've just learned. Sometimes I see on social media and I know social media is, you know, the, the highlight reel. But I'll look at moms and I don't understand how their houses are so clean and they're able to do these like morning routines and like, you know, make breakfast. Um, I wish I had that, but I don't. And the reality is my apartment is not dirty, but it's messy. (laughs) And that's just motherhood. You don't have time to, you know, clean the apartment and that's okay. I'd rather prioritize spending time with my son then have a clean apartment and and for what like who cares (laughs) (laughs) i love that yeah i mean i i will be the person in the relationship that's like we don't have to do the dishes right now like that's my (laughs) like i'm on the i'm on the your partner side of this okay (laughs) i'm like yeah that sounds great i'll definitely watch netflix tonight um a real quick stray away from uh your book actually I saw on your social media, you shared a lot of stuff about your postpartum journey with your kid and you called it your fourth trimester and you felt like nobody was talking about Mm -hmm. the fourth trimester part. It's Mm -hmm. all in preparation for the baby to get here. Um, And I'm I'm curious, did you experience some postpartum depression? What what was that like for you after having the child? Yeah, I think there was a bit of postpartum depression, but I feel like nobody 
first of all, nothing could ever prep you for motherhood. I don't care how many books you read, how many sessions, birth classes, YouTube videos, podcasts that you listen to, because I did all that. And every mother's journey is different, like every baby is different. And I feel like nobody talks about the mental load that you experience afterwards. First of all, physically, you just deliver a little baby alien out of your vajayjay, which is insane. And nobody talks about that. And then two, there's this, there's so many emotions and hormones going on. It's insane. It's like um, your period hormones plus pregnancy hormones like on crack. It's just like, it's just indescribable. And I feel like when motherhood, a big part of it is definitely the sleep deprivation, how do you say it? (laughs) You're sleep deprived. Um, And then also you have this huge responsibility of caring for a child where you don't know your child yet. Your child doesn't know you yet. So there's this um, new relationship that's forming. And also you are almost mourning your old identity and your old life. And I don't think people talk about that. And then you're also very excited and very grateful to be, you know, a parent. At least I am and I was. Um, And so there's this interesting dynamic of emotions, of feeling grateful and the happiest you've been and finding this love that's just magical. But then also reaching the lowest of the lows. I think that was a weird struggle for me. Like, how can these two conflicting emotions coexist on the same spectrum and motherhood Mm -hmm. is so lonely it is so lonely it's it's like it's just you and your baby but also you're you're you you feel stuck in a way of like just being a mom that's how I felt And so I had to open up about what I was going through and I would write these stories about like my 348 a.m. confessions of how my baby wasn't sleeping and I'm losing my mind. And this is actually very timely because today I had a rough day and Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I also have this podcast. My baby just slept and I have to record and I'm not going to have any time for myself. So so it is a lot. And I think um, when I reached out or I guess when I shared my struggles, the mom community really came through. Like they're the most loyal community out there and everybody just told me how you know I I wasn't alone and giving me advice of what to do during those hard times so that's a little motherhood rant no well we really appreciate you taking the time to be here with us I know there's you know things pulling you in so many directions Uh, I'm curious if you think you know that transition I've heard this from friends as well who are either new moms or you know they've been moms for a while about their former identity and kind of trying to like balance those two of like feeling like themselves still. Do you think that was especially hard for you because of the kind of unexpectedly quick transition that you made from being single to Mm -hmm. having a partner and then being a mom? Like, was it like you didn't have as much ramp up time? I I do think so. And also I say that a lot of the changes that my partner and I experience, most people experience that one at a time, meaning they'll experience moving in. That's one change. 
Um, he has a Siberian Husky. I'm not a dog person. So I also became a dog mom. <laughs> so when you get a dog, right, that's like another big, big change. And then obviously introducing a baby or, you know, ha- being pregnant. So these three changes of like moving in, having a baby, and also taking care of uh, an animal, a dog, those are three significant life changes. And that all happened at once for us. So it was a lot. So I do think that plays a role. But I also think without all of those, even if you just have a baby, of course, that transition is still always going to be there and it's always going to be difficult. Uh, I'm curious now that you have a child with your partner. I know everything happened for you very quickly, Mm -hmm. but something I'll try to focus on personally when I'm dating is like, would this person be a good father? Right. Mm -hmm. And what traits do they have that would be a good father to the children and also a good partner and a good husband? So I'm curious, now that you have a child, you're with your partner, you look back, What were there any traits that stuck out to you in the beginning, early dating stages that made you be like, this would really be a great partner to go through having kids with? Yes. Um, he has a niece and he's like talked about his niece from the very beginning, which I thought was like the cutest thing. And if anything, I feel like if a guy has nieces or nephews, that's probably like a very similar way for them, for you to get insight on the relationship or just how they are in general. Because if anything, having their own child is going to be even more special and they're going to be even like better at, at playing that uh, role. Um, and I think he was, family was always huge for him. He didn't want kids right now. He said like in a few years, mm-hmm. but I do think like family was huge. We spoke a lot about our family dynamics. He's close to his mom and dad. Um, so that was a huge part in our conversation. And he's had like dedicated days specifically for his family. It's just like I did um, like Sunday family day. Um, and just the way he carried himself, I felt like the way he spoke, also about family is really, really important. I can tell his um, tone would change and he would light up talking about, you know, spending time with his mom or grandma and his childhood. So I just felt like there was a very calming presence whenever family was brought up. I love that. I love that. I love that. Like it's like family, like it's like that was home for him. Mm hmm. And that like, that's, I feel like that would make it so easy for me to see myself in that kind of view as somebody, you know, talks about it with that kind of ease. Mm -hmm, For sure. And honestly, like, I was gonna say just between you and I, this is obviously not between you and I, this is between (laughs) all of us. But I think if I didn't see that, and I did find that I was pregnant, that would be a whole nother conversation. Like, it would have been something that I probably would have been like, ooh, I would give second, you know, thought about. But it was again, not planned. It wasn't something that we're okay, like, you know, greet it with crazy excitement. We're both like, you know, what the fuck? But, you know, we got through it. So (laughs) here we are. Yeah, I can only imagine that must have been uh, like nerve wracking even because, you know, first, I would assume. Yeah. And so then like (laughs) nerve wracking to be like, oh my gosh, I have to have this conversation with him, even knowing that he definitely wants kids. But like you said, it sounded like you guys had already talked about the fact that it wasn't now. Right. Exactly. It was definitely difficult. But I think um, I think that's another thing that, of course, it, it was like a very tough situation, but it showed me who he is as a person and it showed his character. 
because this wasn't a planned situation, but the way we navigated it. And I always say that we've gone through a lot and we're still going through a lot. But the fact that we're able to kind of rise from these crazy hurdles that, again, most people experience one at a time. Like if we can go, if this is the way our love story is beginning, kind of like chaos and we can get through it, then I feel like it sounds so, so cheesy. But like I'm sure we can go through anything because this is not easy by any means. It's almost like, like, all right, what else you got? Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, okay. To go back to your loneliness comment, uh, I'm curious, what what type of things have helped you aside from like sharing on social media when you feel that kind of isolated loneliness of being a mom? And I And I assume that comes from like feeling like all your time now is home and you're not out having like the same social life that you used to have. Exactly. I joke around and say that I'm a prisoner. And it's so funny (laughs) because (laughs) so my partner works and then on the weekends, I can't wait for the weekends to come because in my head, I'm like, we get to go out. It's like my yard time, you know, the time that I can be out. And for him, because he's worked Mondays and Fridays, he wants weekends to, to chill and not to do anything. But then the weekends just seems like a replica of the week for me because I've been mm. doing the same thing. So anyway, that's another story of just like trying to balance it out. But um, aside from posting and sharing, I think having one-on-one conversations with moms and with friends who are either going through it, because in a weird way, a lot of uh, 2023 this year and last year, a lot of people were pregnant that I knew. So mm-hmm. I felt like it was a very timely uh, situation happening in my life and just being able to talk to, I guess, moms because it really it takes a village to raise a child, but it also takes a village to just feel supported in this transition into motherhood. And of course, therapy. I'm in therapy. So with all of this, like, you know, your transition from dating and, you know, kind of putting your dating life out there and transitioning into, you know, meeting your partner, now becoming a mom, like if you could impart one piece of advice to our listeners on that transition, you know, a lot of people that listen, especially who listen to our podcast have been single for, you know, a little bit now. And what what would that, what would that piece of advice be? I'm like struggling to think of one because as I'm hearing you speak, it it just put, I don't know. It's like hard to say there's one piece of advice because so much changes from the time that you're dating to the time that you're become exclusive and committed. And then you introduce all these new changes. I think my biggest advice would probably to not lose yourself in the evolution of the relationship and in any challenges and transitions that come with you because I think tying this back to the motherhood and mourning identity I felt like I lost a part of who I was and I think a lot of moms go through that but just don't ever let that part go like still keep it because you will find her or him, or however you identify yourself as, you'll you'll find that piece of you. And when you do, it's going to be this like better version, this refined version, this stronger version of you. And I think, um, yeah, just to always remember that 
a part of you is always going to be there and you just have to take time to look for the, the name, however, her, him, you know. <laughs> well, I hope that, that makes sense. Out. I don't know if that was like... No, it totally does. I, and I think it applies at each transition, right? Because like if when you're thinking about transitioning from being single into being in a relationship something that I that's really important to me is not losing my closeness with my friends and not losing like that part of me that you know has that one those one-on-one relationships with my friends single or otherwise and i think that like there are examples of that as you transition into different pieces you know different parts of being in a relationship so i think that that rings really true for me at least awesome i'm glad it does then <laughs> Yeah, well, thank you so much, Marianne. We really enjoyed chatting with you. And I'm just really grateful that you took the time, especially on a day like today, to chat with us. No, I want to thank you, Ali and Erica. And in a weird way, like I know I said that I had a rough day, but speaking to both of you, again, this is like a 360, but it does bring this, it, it makes me closer to who I was because before becoming a mom, I like loved podcasting. <clears throat> I love having conversations with people and I don't, I didn't have the time to do that. So I'm happy that I carved out the time to do that because it's like giving me again, the sense of who I was before. So I appreciate that. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you again. Um, let everybody know where they can find you. Okay. So my Instagram is Marianne underscore Yip. I'm sure you guys will have in the show notes. I don't need to like spell it out. And then just listening. (laughs) Yes. And then I have a podcast also called The City Confessions, where I invite real people living in New York City to come speak. I'm sure uh, we're doing a swap soon and just talking about their New York City stories and then a confession at the end. And that's where you can find me. So The City Confessions and Marianne underscore Yip. Thank you. Amazing. And we'll talk to everybody next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.